Thank you for listening to the sermons here at Ascension Lutheran Church. Our worship services happen on Sunday mornings. 8.30 is our traditional worship service, and 10.30 is our contemporary worship service. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. You can visit us also on our website at www.alcrpv.org. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being a God who shows up for us. We thank you that this work that is about to happen, that has happened, that has been going on this morning here and that all the churches around is not our work, but is your work. It's not our hands, but are your hands. So Lord, you, you do the work that only you can do. You open up eyes and ears out of the granite heads that are here today. You soften hearts. We convict, bring life and hope. Lord, we ask that you surround us with your glory. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So it's a white Sunday. You see, we have white pyramids up. Um, the lights are white. And we are here celebrating something. Does anyone know what that something is? It is the Ascension Sunday. Yes, Today's our day, guys. We finally have made it to the day where our church is. And I realized just in this last couple of weeks, like, I don't think I've ever just preached a straight Ascension sermon. And that's almost a sad thing because we're at Ascension Lutheran. Now, here's the, the reality of our name of the church is that the letter A is first. And when you go to the yellow pages and you start flipping through the yellow pages, which was a book back in the day, remember, where you could find things, Ascension was listed first. And so people would visit us before the other Lutheran churches. What's the idea when they named our church? And it did work for some. I have a couple people who said, you know, I came here first and then I just never left. And so praise the Lord um, for our name, Ascension. Um, it also helps that we're up on this beautiful hill with this beautiful property. We celebrate the Ascension today. We celebrate the fact that Jesus's body rose up into heaven. And if you look in the book of Acts, it's written in both the book of Acts and um, Matthew, a couple different places, but in Acts chapter one, it says this, and just a quick aside, you'll notice that in the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning. And you might find yourself asking, where's this first book? Well, it's actually the gospel of Luke. So Luke and Acts are one volume, two different books, one telling the story of Jesus and his ministry, and then the second telling the story of the Holy Spirit and the apostles and their ministry. So that was the first book. The second book now begins with the ascension. And until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus is resurrected on Easter, walks out of the tomb with his body. That body then 
and Jesus is with them for 40 days. Now, of course, 40 should have all these little theology bells in your head going off. Ding, 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 ding. What's 40? Well, we have 40 years that the um, Israelites suffered in the wilderness, walked around. Jesus was in 40 days. He was um, in the wilderness. Then we have 40 days now that Jesus' body is on earth. All of these are these times of waiting and preparation, right? These interesting seasons that we have through Scripture. Then 10 days after 40 is Pentecost. So next Sunday, you're going to come in and red, wear your red. I'll have my red shoes on. We're going to be doing the big red, Holy Spirit, Pentecost, fire of God coming down. So that's the, in not many days from now, he's coming. Penta, 50, 50 days is when the Holy Spirit then came down. The ascension is Jesus rising up in his body, into the heavens. And if you start looking up pictures of the ascension, you get these, these kinds of photos and, or these kinds of paintings. For whatever reason, this is um, a moment, I just don't think it looks like that. I don't know, like the, the amount of like all the things happening and Jesus going up as he's raised up is very, it's interesting. I don't know what I would do with it as an artist, but as I started thinking, like, if I'm getting risen up, am I, is that the position I'm taking as I'm going? Do you go Superman style up into the sky? If you're Jesus, are you doing backflips? I don't know the way that it happened. you think they would have recorded that? But this just, it feels not Jesus-y to me because Jesus was so ordinary and regular and majestic. And there's something I think important about his body that we need to talk about. We need to talk about the fact that Jesus's body left us. We are in the sermon series that Jesus's body rose up and walked out of the tomb. It really happened. Easter Sunday happened. He is no longer there. And because that body rose up and walked out, something is different. And then we ask ourselves this question, why did his body have to leave us? Why did he have to go? Couldn't he have stayed? Wouldn't have been better if he had stayed. And the ascension is a day when we have to ask ourselves this question. Looking to scripture. John chapter 16 says this, but now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This line, it is to your advantage that I go away, must have been something that the disciples tried to remember as they saw him go. Because you can see as he's leaving, the disciples going to one another being like, well, what now? What do we do now? We had three years of his ministry, and then we thought we lost him for three days, and then he's back. And 40 days is long enough for you to think, oh, okay, this is the new normal. Right? What do they say? 30 days it takes to break a habit. And so 40 days is long enough to be like, oh, okay, here he is. But, but he's leaving. But didn't he say it's to our advantage that he goes away? Well, if he goes away, what happens? I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit. John chapter 15. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. 
You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. Jesus' body leaves so that the Holy Spirit can descend. When the Holy Spirit descends, it fills all of us. And in filling all of us, we become the body of Christ on earth. We become the place where people go to meet God. Remember last week we talked about this, that they met God in the temple and they met God different places. But because his body left, the Holy Spirit came down and filled us and gave us strength and power. And so now we are the body of Christ. And Paul takes this very seriously. All the things that we saw Jesus' body do, we're called to do. Jesus' body healed people. We are called to the ministry of healing. Jesus' body proclaimed the love of the kingdom of God. We're in the business of proclamation. Jesus' body transforms people. His body here and now transforms others. You see, if his body were still here, what would we do? Well, we would just look to him. And I think there's enough living in this room to know that we're all lazy enough that if his body was here, we'd be like, he's got it. He'll handle it. You know, somebody else will do that. Jesus' body is, is camped out in Jerusalem. Go there and do that. But what did he do? He said, it is better for us, for me to go away so that the Holy Spirit can come so that my body can be present in Rancho Palos Verdes. And my body can be present in Birmingham, Alabama. And my body can be present in Germany and in China and in Australia all at the same time. How? The power of the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to travel to a place to see Jesus' body. But his body is gone and it then sends the Holy Spirit so that we are now the body. So we are called to do the work that Christ's body did. It is good that I go away because by me going away, I can be magnified and multiplied. And I mean, frankly, it would be easier if his body stayed. Why? Because we'd go, he's got it. He's going to do it. But now we have it. <laughs> we have to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. And this is the gift that God gives to us. So why does his body have to leave us? Well, Jesus ascends. He pours out his Holy Spirit, which creates the body of Christ in his church to continue the work of the kingdom. So we get to be the body of Christ. It is good that I leave. Well, what about, though, his body? When he goes up and we see him ascend, Does he still have a body? And I think this is a question that we don't engage with enough. Because the the Christian teaching is, is that when Christ was incarnated, became flesh, lived his life, and then he ascended, that body that ascended is the one he still has today. That resurrection body, whatever that is, is the body that Christ has. Now, Paul says it like this. He says, 1 Corinthians 15, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Fool, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. 
And as for what you sow, you do not sow the body that is to be, but a bare seed, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. The body that we have right now, the body that you can touch, is what God is calling here, Paul saying, is the seed. And the seed then goes into the ground and something new comes up. And this new thing is what Jesus was when he was resurrected. How do the disciples talk about him? Well, uh, it was like our body. He ate, he had food, um, he sat, he walked. But it wasn't like our body because he walked through walls and he showed up and he left at Emmaus. And, and he said, don't touch me. But yet he hugged Mary, and then he said to Thomas, reach out and touch me. So it's almost like the disciples are going, his body was something like ours, but altogether not. And this is the clue to the resurrection body that we have. When you plant a seed, you don't expect those same seeds to come up, right? You take a tomato seed, you put it in the ground, you cover it. You don't expect just a bunch of seeds to pop out of the ground. What do you expect? Something new. A tomato. But the seed's also important, is it not? If you put a seed in the ground and you put a tomato seed in the ground and you expect carrots, you are going to be disappointed. Our body seeds are important. What goes into the ground is important. And what comes up and out of it is something unique and different. One of the questions that they don't prepare you in seminary or your undergraduate for, but I've been asked an, like, an awkward amount of times in my pastoral role is, okay, so in the new heavens and the new earth, what age body am I going to have? Like 25, 32, like when, 14, like where's that sweet spot for what age you have? Because no one's like, I think it's 63. I think that's the answer for what you have. You know, that, that shoulder ache forever. That's just how it is. No, there's something, there's something about our body that's important, Because it is the seed, and there's something carried into the new heavens and the new earth that's important. Because God's spirit contains and changes that thing, and the Jesus is the only clue that we have for what's coming. So, does Jesus still have his body? The answer is yes. The body that Christ had after his resurrection is still the body that he has today. And here's something cool to think about. That means when he comes in glory, we will see the same body that the disciples saw after the resurrection. That's pretty cool. That same Jesus that that grilled, you know my favorite Bible story, that grilled by the lakeshore in John and met them, that same one, is going to be the one who greets me when he comes again. I like that. That's a neat thing to, to think about and to pause with. Okay, well, we're talking a lot about bodies. We talked about dead up and walked, that the Jesus' real body walked out of the tomb, this resurrected body, this glorious thing. This thing ascended. It's good it ascended because the Holy Spirit then came down for us to live. Well, why, though, is it so important that Christ still has a body, And I think this is a question that very often we jump over or we don't think about. The first thing is, is that there is a temptation in Christian theology to think of the body 
poorly. This is what we think. Townsend, can I have your water thing? It's toffee? Good. I want toffee. Is toffee? Yeah. Okay, good. It's, <laughs> it's, your, it's Townsend's toffee. We have this tendency to think of the body as the cup. But what's really important about a cup is what? The toffee, right? And we think, thank you, cup, for getting the toffee to my lips, is what we do. And we have this tendency then to just make the body into the cup. And what's really important is the spirit, is the spirit inside. And when we do that, we devalue the body. And this is not the way that God teaches or Christ teaches about the body. If that was true, he wouldn't resurrect physically. He wouldn't go up physically. It'd just be the spirit who goes up. No, it's the body. Why? And here's a very, very cool word. And if you don't know it, you've probably heard it one time. The word is amalgam. Where have you heard this word? You've heard it probably at the dentist. Okay? Amalgam. At the dentist, and what it is, is an amalgam, is when two separate things come together and they make something brand new. So, in the dentist, they mix their two little things that are going to be your filling in your teeth, right? And they mix it up, and it becomes an amalgam, and they put it in your tooth, and it, boop, it hardens. Now, what's interesting about the amalgam is those two separate things, when mixed together, make something brand new, and they cannot be separated again into their two separate parts, okay? Copper and tin are both natural materials. Mixed together, they become bronze. You cannot take bronze and make it copper and tin again. Something new has been made. Bronze. You, human, are flesh and spirit. You come together and you become a human being. This is how God intended it. You are something brand new. You are not a flesh cup with a spirit inside of you. You are a body. You are a human. You are something new. This is why what happens with your body impacts your mood and your spirit. Um, Have you ever had your mom or a good friend or a good teacher tell you, if you're having a bad day, what should you do? Pull your shoulders back. Lift your head up. Look out at the world. Why? That body position will change your heart position. Right? If you go through life like this, walking around, Guess how your heart's going to feel. But if you do this, something different changes. Why? Because you're an amalgam. Because you're body and spirit. So you're then going to be resurrected with this body, with something, the seed, this new thing is going to come up and it's going to be fleshy. It's going to be bodily. It's going to, it's going to eat and it's going to drink and it's going to work and do all of those things. And that's what's so cool. But yet without sin, so, like, what is a good taco without sin? I don't know, but I will. That's, that's the glory of the new heavens and the new earth. It's not just clouds and robes and harps as much as Townsend wants it to be. It's, <laughs> it's wine and food and work in the garden and good work that produces this is, this is the glorious thing about Jesus having a body, about him affirming our bodies in the ascension, by him ascending with a body, is that our bodies still matter. 
this mess, because I mean, our bodies also, right, in general, are messy. And so we are a blessed amalgam of spirit and flesh. And our messy bodies are a part of God's good creation. And our bodies, boy, they're, they're messy. They do messy things. They make messes. They sweat. They do all sorts of things. God loves that mess. God redeemed that mess. Creates that. Your body's important. Listen to it. Listen to what God has given you. Celebrate it. Celebrate that the seed is going to become something brand new. And that in the ascension, God didn't just ascend spiritually and leave his flesh suit down here. But it all went up. It all went up. And then one day, from the east, as the sun rises, we're going to see Christ come back. And in his body. And we get to be with him. In our new bodies. Celebrating in the new kingdom, and the new heavens, and the new earth. And this is what we look forward to. But it's good that Jesus left us today. Why? Because if he didn't leave, the Holy Spirit wouldn't come. And if the Holy Spirit didn't come, then we would just be left here by ourselves. This wouldn't work. This sermon wouldn't work. The worship wouldn't work. None of it would work. But because the Spirit enriches us, we can go out and we get to be Christ's body now. We had to do things his body did. We had to bless people and pray for people and encourage people and tell people about this good news. And, and when we play worship, it's not just about a guitar, but it's about the Holy Spirit dancing and moving and filling and, and transforming and changing. And that's good why Jesus left so the Spirit can be amongst us. And this is what we do here. We get to be his body. Celebrate, fun, laughter, um, tears, sadness, all of it, real, together, encouragement in Christ. Because what God does when he celebrates our body is he then tells us that you are the body of Christ. So go and do likewise. Go and do what Christ's body did. So on this Ascension Sunday, as we get the privilege of looking into the heavens and realizing that his body left, let us celebrate that the Holy Spirit came. Let us celebrate that God has called us his body, that he's given us a body to work with, and that we then are called to go out and do the things that Jesus' body did. Heavenly Father, we ask that you work in this room because it is by your body that anything happens. Your spirit coming down, giving us life and light and hope. Lord, we can't do this on our own. We need you. We need your spirit. If it, was, if it was the work of Scott and the work of Townsend and the work of Marco, it would be a mess. But since it's your work in your hands, glorious things happen. Lord, we are about to come forward and receive another mystery. A mystery of your body here present with us in bread and wine. Lord, we do not understand, but yet we know and believe that you give us yourself for hope, for life, and for a future. So, Lord, we, we come to this table in humble submission, submission to the fact that you are with us, that you are for us. You love this messy body of ours. All of its 
mistakes, all of its trials, all of its tribulations. You went through the gates of hell so that you could be with us and remake our bodies. Lord, let us not be ashamed of what you have given us, but instead let us celebrate. Let us celebrate the beautiful amalgam that we are of flesh and spirit. Let us be aware of what you're doing and how you're doing it.